This podcast is sponsored by Explore Worldwide. Explore offers guided travel holidays from city breaks to honeymoons. Explore's local tour guides and their small group adventures give travellers the opportunity to experience a country and not merely observe it. Whether it's a food and drink tour in the hilltop towns of Tuscany or a walking tour in the rice fields of Vietnam, Explore puts their trust in the quality of their local tour leaders so you get a better insight into your holiday destination. Head to exploreworldwide.com. Hello and welcome to today's independent travel podcast, the last one of the week. And for a lot of people, well, they might remember the third Friday in July from last year for all the wrong reasons. I was at Dover when everything went very badly wrong last year. You might recall what a scene it was. Uh, Cars in queues that were lasting 10, 12, 15 hours. Similar scenes at uh, Eurotunnels Terminal at Folkestone. The whole of South East Kent apparently in gridlock. An utter shambles that was, well, there were many factors at work, but one of them was the post-Brexit checks that the UK insisted upon as uh, dictated by the government's terms of leaving the European Union after a democratic vote to do so and that means that every single passport has to be looked at stamped theoretically uh, the officials should check to make sure you haven't spent more than 90 days in the last 180 days in the European Union although I imagine the number of times that has happened at Dover is vanishingly small. Remember we have a EU external hard border in South East Kent in the very constrained site between the cliffs and the channel so that's what uh, there is to contend with and then therefore when things start going wrong they can unravel very quickly. Actually there's an analogy in uh, Heathrow, busiest airport in Uh, in Europe and Gatwick the busiest single runway airport in the world not much slack in the system when things go wrong having said that I checked mid-morning and the port of Dover says the queue for French passport control is just 20 minutes or so and that is really the deciding factor we saw actually again at Easter uh, the start of the school holidays 31st of May it was an awful lot of coaches turning up and again getting stuck for many hours. All kinds of facilities have been put in place. I actually talked to the uh, boss of the Port of Dover, Doug Bannister, um, and he says, done everything we possibly can. We think that are going to be able to cope, but obviously there might be something that could not have been predicted that could fix. As it is, the peak time is going to be tomorrow morning roughly 6 till 11 or so at the port maybe till one o'clock and they are warning that you could be stuck for two and a half hours waiting for French passport control and a lot of people will be thinking I don't want to do that to be fair though once you have gone through that and don't worry it's not like planes if you miss the ferry because it's taken so long to get through passport control they will put you on the next available ship which is likely to be just an hour or so later so it's not the end of the world if you do spend two and a half hours and then once you 
are on the ship and you arrive in Calais, or if you're on DFTS, it might be uh, Dunkirk, you can just drive away and you are all fully cleared. You've got all your baggage with you because you never actually uh, checked anything in. And so it's not too bad at all. I'm fairly optimistic. I shall, of course, be keeping eyes on what happened at Dover tomorrow. There's other stuff at work which you need to know about in terms of the getaway. The airport's doing all right, actually. We had a couple of really nasty uh, Belfast delays into Belfast from Rhodes and from Ibiza, uh, 24-hour delays, mechanical problems. Ironically, one of them, the Ibiza one, was exacerbated by Brexit because the vital part they needed to mend the plane on the ground at uh, Ibiza Airport was held up for customs checks, which of course wouldn't have been necessary before Brexit, but there we are. On the railways, things getting back to normal after yesterday's strike, and then they will be not normal again tomorrow. I travelled around quite a lot in yesterday, and uh, it was actually relatively smooth. If your train was going, then it was going, if you see what I mean. And uh, so do check if you're hoping to travel on Saturday. Another strike the following Saturday, 29th of July, of course, and then there's the uh, underground strike which is taking place from Sunday through to Friday and that's actually, in terms of shutting stuff down, likely to be the most significant and I'm particularly concerned for all the uh, tourists who are in London who will suddenly find the form of transport that so many of them rely upon is completely unreliable, it's not working and that's a great shame. On the roads, well, of course, lots of people will be diverted onto the roads because of the rail strike. And the key problems are going to be actually Friday afternoon. And watch out particularly for Bristol south to Bridgewater on the M5 and the M25, especially the segment around the sort of south and southwest from uh, the A3 turnoff, that's the Portsmouth, Portsmouth Road, through to the A22, which is, of course, the... Uh, uh, Eastbourne turn off. So all in all, it's going to be busy. Um, stay cool, stay safe, and I will talk to you again on Monday. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.